Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. We have a treat um, this morning. We have Nate Mirza is with us. Would you come on up here? You're planning to speak, right? I was, a birdie told me you were, <laughs> you were planning to give us an update. Am I close? Yes. Okay, good. good. Be glad Thanks. To. Nate Mirza. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, church. It's uh, great to have a family behind us. A week ago, uh, this, yeah, a week ago today, Carol and I were in uh, one of our other supporting churches in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, God gave us a special time there. I want to give you one report about it. But before I do that, I want you to know that uh, Don and Mary Jo are really doing well. Uh, progress, incredible progress. From a time when he was yelling so loud out of pain to where he is rejoicing today and looking for more opportunities <laughs> to, uh, for ministry. Uh, his doctor has allowed him to uh, drive in town, but not outside. So there was a time when he couldn't even get in a car. Great progress. Thank you for praying for them. Thank you. One of the things that uh, we wanted to do in uh, the church in Madison last week was to help people get over the hurdle of starting a conversation with somebody about Jesus. And my favorite uh, example of that is uh, the blind man who was healed in John chapter 9, verses 8 to 11. Some skeptics said that, no, this is not him who was healed. This just looks like him. And he said, no, it's me. I'm the real article. He says, well, then how did you receive your sight? He says, well, this man they call Jesus told me to go to the Siloam pool. I went there. I, well, first, he put some mud on my eyes, told me to go to the pool and wash. I did, and now I can see. I counted that he used two sentences and 33 words to tell people what Jesus had done for him. He didn't have to go to Bible school for that. Didn't have to go to seminary for that. He simply told what Jesus had done for him. Okay, that was the biblical illustration. I'll give you a personal illustration, and then it's going to be your turn. You'll see how. Um, when I came to this country as an international student, I heard that it was possible for Jesus to actually live his life in me. So I asked him to do that. And he's been changing my life for over 64 years now. That was two sentences and about 38 words. Your turn is coming. I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them in either two, hey, 
I'll make it easier for you. Or three sentences. <laughs> what Jesus has done for you. Please, don't tell your life story. Please, don't explain the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Please, don't explain the whole gospel. But just in two or three sentences, tell the person next to you what Jesus has done for you. It will, well, we'll talk about that later. How many of you consider yourselves processors? You like to think about things before you make decisions. Do you notice how carefully and slowly those hands went up? <laughs> they were processing it. My wife is a wonderful processor. She's teaching me so much. Okay, now I've given you a little time to think. All right? Now's your chance. Please turn to the person next to you now in just two or three sentences. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. Go. I'll tell you when it's time for the second person to start. If the second person hasn't started yet, now's the time for you to start. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Okay, just a couple thoughts. One, it's very natural. It's not something you, uh, it's not a project. Okay, you're not making the person a target. You're simply in a very natural way sharing what Jesus has done for you. Two, you're not dumping the whole truck to make them feel, whoa, I don't want to talk to this person anymore. Put them on the defensive. A lot of you go fishing. You're putting out a little bait. It gives them the opportunity to ask for more. And it gives you a new freedom. Enjoy. Thank you, Nate. It's good to have you with us. I feel like we need to pray for this time. We're just going to pray again. Is that okay with you? Okay. All right. Father God, we ask for your blessing. We ask uh, your Holy Spirit to rule here for your word to go out. We, um, we draw a line in the sand this morning. 
We draw battle lines with an enemy and we say, this morning is the beginning of a new season. We're declaring in the name of Jesus that, um, that mountains are about to be moved in this season ahead of us. Giants are about to fall. And the will of God in this body is about to move forward like it never has before in the authority of the name of Jesus. And it begins now. Amen. How many of you felt a resistance when Nate asked you to to, um, share with someone or figure out what you're going to share? How many of you felt a resistance inside? Yeah? Okay. Okay. And we're not going to blame everything (laughs) on the reality of spirits. But one thing, um, I'm just going to introduce to you Um, which is about what I have time for this morning, which I think is God's will. I think it's good. He wants, we're going to begin a series on spiritual warfare. Um, Because in fact, I'm I'm feeling led right now. And I think I need to share with you that um, not too long ago, I'm terrible at time frames, so I'm not even going to make a guess. But months, months ago, um, we got, we had a prophecy from someone who was here, and um, several of us have been praying over it ever since. And I would say, I'm going to guess at this one, that about a month ago, am I close? We, um, several of us gathered here after the service and, and prayed. Um, actually, it was the field trip ministry. We, we asked, Lord, where, where are you going to send us? I should tell this part. And, you know, we're asking, Lord, are you going to send us to Walmart? Or are you going to send, I think the fair was going on. Do you want us to go to the fair? And do you know where he sent us? He sent us 10 feet over to the drums and started us having doing warfare over here. And then he sent, and then he brought up that prophecy that we had already received earlier about spirits and strongholds that are battling against this body. And we began to pray. We spent the rest of our time praying over that. And what the Lord's shown me is that ever since that time, we've cracked open a battle um, the enemy wasn't smart enough to keep staying laying low because I'll tell you the other day I was um, as I was beginning to prepare and I've been trying all week honestly actually two weeks I've been researching and preparing and praying over Lord what do you want to teach this body about warfare I know he wants me to build a competence but I have to tell you I have never experienced such an incredible resistance as I have every time I try, um, I stopped counting. Um, I was taking inventory over which of our leaders, and now it's amazing. We're, um, we used to have a few leaders. This is a church that now has somewhere in the ballpark, I believe, last count was 26 leaders. So the Lord's raised up a bunch of leaders. Y'all are doing stuff for the kingdom of God. You're very dangerous to the enemy in this place. And I lost count. I was taking inventory of how many of our leaders are under some sort of monumental hindering or destroying attack right now. And I quit counting at 11. 11 of our leaders. <clears throat> and a righteous anger rose up in me. 
until I was calling out, I was speaking forth uh, from, from the word of God that it's going to stop now. That you really are stupid. The enemy really is stupid. He should have laid low. We're going to bring him down now. Is anybody going with me? It stops now. We're not the attacks on our leaders and the promises and the will of God that he's going to accomplish in this church, we're done with it. Amen? Amen. Are we going? Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that between now and Christmas, the Lord is asking me to teach on warfare. Um, I'm going to try to get to a few of the things this morning. I didn't really plan this part. Um, but I, I can actually, I can feel the warfare raging inside of me. I can, I can feel the, the, the rise of the Spirit just pressing against a darkness that we're going to start saying it doesn't, it doesn't fly here anymore, okay? <clears throat> do you know, oh boy, here I go. <laughs> do you know that warfare is, um, is about two identities, right? God's and yours, do you know that? And if, if you are going through life, um, and I'm with you in this, believe me, but if you are going through life and uh, you are not um, angry when you see injustice, if you're not on fire, um, if you're not experiencing a fire of being passionate about the purposes of the Lord, um, if your life's not being driven by a fire for for um, bringing honor and glory to the name of our King Jesus. Are you following me? If these things are not what's dominating, then I'm going to tell you something. Then the one thing the Lord showed me this week, and I don't have a scripture for it. <laughs> he showed me this week that means you're not in touch with your identity. Okay? You can think of things in the, in the, uh, the book of Revelations where you are called an overcomer. Okay, and I tell you, you know, we all have unique identities, incredibly powerful, unique identities in the Lord. But I'm going to tell you what we all have in common. We all have in common that our identity is to be an overcomer that penetrates the darkness and makes testimony for the glory of the name of Jesus. Every one of you is to be a conqueror that is at the core of your identity. To have an authority over a kingdom that is far inferior to the kingdom of God. Amen? The identity of Christ in us gives us a righteous anger that makes us wage war. Okay, One of the things that he's shown me that we're going to be teaching through, I believe there are three phases or three aspects to um, to the warfare that he calls us to. Um, the first is just awareness. And I'm, I've totally blown the game plan. <clears throat> I thought I was going to start talking about that this morning. But the first is awareness. Do you know it amazes me how many people that I talk to, even beautiful Christians, w wonderful believing Christians, who have less than a robust faith that what we are engaged in is, is actually a spiritual warfare. The reality of beings that we fight against. So just awareness of that is a phase one. Do you know the second one is realizing is a, is a phase what, that I would call competence. Okay, you can call it what you want, but it's a phase where the Lord begins to teach us how we battle 
against that. First of all, an awareness that the battle is not just out there, we're not just in a battle, but we, we start to recognize that the battle's aimed at us. Anybody experience that? That was my week. <laughs> the battle's aimed at us, and the Lord wants to build a competence to where you hold the authority. And you can, you can almost stand there and say, well, not almost. You can stand in it, and you can say, go ahead and bring the battle at me. Go ahead, because I have more authority in the name of Jesus than the kingdom of darkness can ever bring at me. And I, I stand over you because I'm seated with Christ on the throne in the heavenlies. And so there's a competence. And then I want to tell you, competence is kind of about, about um, headship and authority. We're going to talk about these things in the weeks, months coming up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and promise you that, um, Lord willing, I believe he's calling it. So I'm going to promise we're going to teach through some of those competences so that we're going we're to be warriors in this place. Darkness is not going to work here anymore. Okay, and then I believe there's a third phase that I believe we're going to teach right into as the weeks go on, okay? And that is we reach a point as we're filled with the Spirit of God, as we, what does it say? We're more than conquerors, right? So we reach a point in Jesus where um, we quit having a competence just to block the fiery darts of the enemy, just to shut out the roar of the lion, all scriptures that we're going to teach about. But we actually reach a point as disciples of Jesus that carry the spirit and competence in spiritual things in such measure that we go out on purpose. We form battle lines and we go to take land. Okay? I believe in this body, um, I know we're, you know we're all over the place. I believe we're very complex creatures because God made you that complex. So you probably have areas of your life where you're in all three of those phases. And corporately, as one body, you know we're one, we're the bride of Christ, we're the body of Christ. Corporately, we're probably in various areas, we're in all three of those phases too, Right? But I also believe that there's, there's an aspect where we're in a certain place. And I believe so far, or let's just say in recent seasons that God's been bringing us through, we've been in that competence phase where we're trying to fend off fiery darts. We're trying to, um, we're trying to stay safe. <clears throat> oh. And yesterday, the enemies overstepped the line. Let me tell you, I was getting another call, another leader, just one more thing coming against, and he overstepped the line. I found myself declaring, boy, you should have been smart enough to lay low. <laughs> because I, I think that we are entering a new season. I believe it to the bottom of my heart that the Holy Spirit of God is going to be, be making a fire in us, his chosen warriors, and we're going to take the battle to him. We're taking the lines out. We're going to teach through. We have to have that competence, and God's teaching me all the time. We're going to, we're going to um, be moving through learning various competences in the spiritual reality that we live in. Well, you can always learn more on that, okay? But I want to tell you where we're going, just so you're going with me. Are you going with me? We're going to where we're going to take the battle lines to the enemy. I have to tell you, (laughs) 
part of it, God's used various things. I guess I'm giving testimony this morning. I thought I might use a note. Uh, uh, we were praying. I don't even remember who we were praying for, honestly. I just know what happened to me in the spirit. And one of my brothers over here was praying, and he began to, to tell the enemy, if you do this, I don't even remember what this was, and he started praying, if you do this, this is what we're going to do. And at first I was kind of shocked, right? I was kind of like, um, okay, it feels like you're kind of taunting. I'm not sure that's a great idea. But then I felt the Holy Spirit, as he was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit come over me and say, be a warrior like that. And it's been fueling my mind ever since you prayed that way. <clears throat> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if, if we, um, maybe I'll read a scripture in a minute. <laughs> if we had a clue how God has planned for you to be the overcomer of darkness, if we just even had a clue how powerful he means for the core of your identity to be that which penetrates the darkness and brings the kingdom of God. If we even had a clue, you'd never want to be anybody besides yourself. Shame and guilt and fear and all these things strike at the core of our identity. But if you, if you even had a clue how beautiful, how powerful as the temple of the Holy Spirit he means for you to overthrow the kingdom of darkness and move mountains. You'd never want to be anybody besides who you are. Do you know that? Okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm kind of shaking up here. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Okay, I'm not even going to try to follow this game plan anymore. Father, what do you want to do? See, I'm going to say one more thing before we start. <laughs> or did we start already? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, you've probably heard me say, this is something the Lord just showed me so powerfully as I, as I was in warfare this week um, for my own family on behalf of some of you in here and I was in warfare and he showed me. Um, you've probably heard me say in previous messages and I'm about to correct the record, okay, where I say, have you heard me say the enemy hates you? Um, well, I just want to tell you, the Lord showed me that it's actually not true. Do you know the enemy has, what he showed me is the enemy has no affection for you whatsoever. <laughs> he showed me that there, there are two kingdoms, the word of God, and I planned on doing the scriptures, and maybe we will, but there, the word of God lays out that there are two kingdoms, okay? There are two kings, there, there is Satan, there is the enemy over one kingdom, the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of darkness. And do you know that even people who serve that kingdom of darkness, they don't know it's a kingdom of 
darkness. It's a kingdom of deception. They, they have no idea that they're serving. And when, before the Lord came and saved, um, saved me, I had no idea. I was serving a dark kingdom. I was facilitating things that were contrary to God. And yet I look back now and I know there was nothing but what was contrary to God before the Holy Spirit took me over. It's two kingdoms. Now here's what I want to tell you. So in other words, the kingdom, um, the, each of those kingdoms has its king. And I'll tell you this, it's the presence of Jesus Christ that the enemy wars against. It's, it's in as much as you carry Jesus in your heart, as you carry, you know, the Holy Spirit is the power of God into this place to be God's kingdom here. And in as much as you carry that kingdom, you've become an enemy um, to our enemy, to the kingdom that is contrary to him. Now, the enemy, what God showed me was the enemy has no affection for you. And I mean, it's not like he's building a kingdom where he's trying to bring people in, in his kingdom, he could care less. He just hates Jesus. <laughs> Word of God paints a picture where he fell from heaven out of jealousy, out of pride. He just hates Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. You think about after his, after his baptism and after the Spirit came onto him, Jesus went out to minister in places that he went. The demonic would recognize him. Are you familiar with these places? And they would say, what do you have to do with us? And oftentimes, you know, and, and Jesus, in the, in the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he always knew what to do. Sometimes he would say, be quiet, I don't permit you to speak. He always had authority, okay? Other times he'd cast them out. Other times he, but the point is, there was a recognition of Jesus himself. So church, the first thing I want to do is encourage you. If you find yourself in a warfare today, Stir up your spirit and the, the fire of the Holy Spirit and be encouraged because do you know what that means? It means you, ca you are a carrier of the kingdom of God because the enemy doesn't care about you. The only reason you would find yourself in a warfare is because there's a, the enemy, the demonic, has a recognition of Jesus in you. And that's what he despises. He despises Jesus and his kingdom. It's two contrary kingdoms that war. <laughs> okay. Can you tell I got mad? <laughs> I'm like, you touch one more of our leaders, and then that call came, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you didn't. You ready to advance? <laughs> we're not just going to hold ground anymore. We're going on the offense. Okay, let's do this. I do feel like I'm, we're supposed to talk about moving mountains. Um, you know, the word of God, we're going to read some scripture here this time for real, I think. <laughs> Um, you know, the word of God says that you are a mountain mover. Um, do you know how? Do you want to move mountains? Do you know what the mountains are? I want to take a look at this. Um, let's see. First of all, go with me to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 10 and verse 3. 
I know I completely um, have patience with Liz. It's all my fault. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Mountains. And actually, let me start here. Do you know that in the warfare, there are two metaphors in the Word of God? There's probably more, but there are two major metaphors in the Word of God in terms of what we battle against or how we battle. Okay? Mountains are one of them. And the other one is giants. Um, I'm not going to talk about giants this morning. I have a, we have a feeling we are in weeks to come. But you know, um, I'll just put a glimpse out there, okay? Giants are always that, that very physical, very visual. They, uh, they inspire fear, they inspire terror, and they're out in front of you. They're always in land that, that the chosen people, uh, Israel, were to, to go out and take. There would always be giants there. They were, they were very physical, very real hindrances, obstacles that were in the way that would inspire fear instead of faith, cause them to have a bad report instead of a faith-filled report, and that, that's giants. Now, I was going to teach on that this morning, but as I started digging and researching, I was like, this is a huge subject. I got overwhelmed in just the research. So um, that's coming. But the other one is mountains, and that's what we're going to talk. It's very different. Do you know mountains are not the same thing in our battle as giants? So let's take a look at this. I told you the reference, 2 Corinthians. Okay. <clears throat> Here it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Go ahead and just say, I'm supposed to pull down strongholds. Okay, now I'm going to tell you, we, we, um, we did this before many months back, but I'm just going to quickly again say, you know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is a place where an enemy can hide out safely. It's a, it's a place, it's a fortress where an enemy can, can um, hide out in and attack or, or hinder from that place and then, and then just come right back into a place of safety. But your, your weapons, what, are spiritual. We're going to talk about that. And it's for, for the pulling down of these strongholds. Now, I, I didn't say this before, but part of that prophecy that the Lord had brought through someone who has that gift about this church is that there were, there were strongholds here that I believe right now were we are in the warfare of pulling them down. We are going to win. <laughs> now, what are strongholds? Um, let's, let's look at what strongholds are. If we just keep reading um, in this passage, verse 5 says, casting down arguments, um, which um, other translations would translate it, that as reasonings. Does any, any of y'all remember when we were teaching on this before? Good, 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 good. Okay. So strongholds, let me tell you that in, in your personal life, also true in the life of this church as one body, or, or a city or a nation, it's also true. But true for you that these strongholds are actually reasonings. They're actually... They're actually high things, which I think just comes next. They're, they are things that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. 
They are contrary to any accurate way of thinking, and they're, they're mighty. I'm also going to show you coming up that these are um, also what mountains are. I'm going to prove it to you. Mountains are these strongholds of thought, philosophies of this world, or even religious ways of thinking that are contrary to the full release of your identity, the freedom to be who you are supposed to be in Jesus, conquerors. How many of you are tired of things in your life that you never seem to win? You just, you never win, you never win. There's never a breakthrough in this situation and how old is it getting? We're going to take the battle to it now. We're going to move mountains and the word of God shows us how to move mountains. Yeah, in fact, it says that just next. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So bear that in mind. Mountains are high things. I know we, that word isn't even in here yet. There are high things that set themselves up against his kingdom. And you're calling to be an overcomer. Say, I'm an overcomer. I'm going to move mountains. Okay. Okay, go to Matthew 17 and verse 14. And uh, do you want to know how to move the mountains? (laughs) Let's move them. You know, Jesus, uh, I'm having a hard time keeping a, keeping a game plan here this morning, but let me tell you, this is on my mind. Jesus mentioned two reasonings, philosophies, mountains that he warned about. Do, do you remember this? Do you know what they are? The, he, he used leaven. You know, there are many places that talk about leaven in Jesus' word, in the word of God, and um, we often think, well, leaven... Leaven is sin. You know, if, if sin gets in, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll spread through the whole lump. And, and it's true, it is sin. But I'm going to tell you, it's a very specific. Leaven is used as a very specific type of sin. And do you know what, it, do you know what that sin is? It's allowing or hanging on to reasonings and philosophies that are contrary to God. It's ways of thinking, it's belief systems, it's teachings that that are of fear instead of faith, fear instead of love, that creep in and it's it's holding on to, allowing that mountain to be established that that gets into a place, whether it's your heart, your family, your church, a city, a nation, their beliefs that are contrary to God, it's that leaven. And Jesus actually mentioned the leaven of Herod. What would that be? The world? Yep. Political, political thinking. But, and now, the way, then, political was everything. It was so, yes, it's, it's the world. It's worldly ways of thinking that have nothing to do with the way a conqueror for the kingdom of God thinks. Okay? And then what was the other one? The leaven of The Pharisees, religious thinking. I despise religious thinking. And it's that leaven that creeps in and gives a religious way of thinking about things rather than a kingdom way of thinking about things that makes us conquerors, that makes the kingdom of darkness cower. Okay, that was for somebody. Uh, Matthew 17 and verse 14. Here it says, and when they had come 
to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. So I'm going to keep reading. So keep your finger there. But now listen, what I want you to notice is that this is an authority passage. Okay? When we talk about, whoops. When we talk about spiritual warfare, um, we are talking about, we are having a discussion about authority. Do you know that? Okay? Who has the authority? Where, what is the source of authority? Do you know the kingdom of darkness um, has some authority. Do you know that? Yeah, you, you bet. You bet. The kingdom of darkness really can go in and tear up some families. He, the kingdom of darkness really can come into an ignorant or unprepared church and it really can tear it up and destroy it. This is an authority passage. The disciples are going to manifest the kingdom of God for the glory of the Messiah, and they fail. So what's that tell us? They don't have an understanding of authority and the kingdom of God yet, do they? Verse 17 goes on, Then Jesus answered and said, um, and so let me just prep here. This is Jesus' response. He's not real happy about it. They should have had the authority is what we find out just next because um, Jesus says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. He's not, he didn't take a favorable or, or graceful, you know, like, oh, that's okay. You guys are just learning. He wasn't real happy about it. Their inability to carry the authority of the kingdom of heaven into this place. And he said, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? I've had that conversation with God more times than I've lost count. How many times I've gone to the Lord after, after prayer for someone, prayer for healing, prayer for deliverance, prayer for a breakthrough, and I'm not seeing it. And I go to the Lord and I'm going, what's wrong, Lord? How come, how come I'm not having the authority that you call me to carry? But I want to tell you what's dangerous. You have that conversation with the Lord. This is what you should not do. Don't ever let the enemy convince you that our lack of having the authority of the kingdom of heaven is his will. <laughs> that will never be true. Go have the conversation with the Lord and be, be as frustrated as you want to be. You might as well be honest with him. He knows your heart anyway. But don't ever let the, the enemy make you quit having that conversation. Because then I'll tell you something, he's drawing you into intimacy. You know, there's, there's two ways you can respond to this. Okay, and I'm going to tell you, if you're not taking risks, then you're not taking the battle to the battle lines. So you risk out in your faith and then have the conversation. Because when we pray for people, when we step out to carry that authority and it doesn't come through like, like we would have wanted it to or like we would have hoped, there's only two ways we can respond to that. One is we can agree with the enemy and say, well, I guess I wasn't supposed to be a conqueror. 
I guess that's a level of authority that I'm not intended for. And you will find yourself in a mountain, in a high thing that needs to be thrown down. We, people build mountains on faithlessness. Are you, are you following me? I, you know how I know? I've done it. <laughs> and once you build a mountain, it's very, it's very hard to remove. We're going to look at how to move the mountain. The other way you can respond is you can say, God is calling me to intimacy. He's got something he wants to teach me, something he wants to build in me. I've prayed for this healing 10 times now and we didn't get our answer and it draws me back to the Lord. It doesn't push me to faithlessness. It draws me back to have intimacy with the Lord and say, Lord, teach me to be a conqueror that carries your authority. He is going to answer. You know, he's far more concerned about making you into a conqueror than, than having any quick victory in any singular battle. <laughs> he, he just wants to have time with you. He's going to draw you back to himself. He's nuts about you. He's crazy about you. And he is not confused about your destiny to become a conqueror that penetrates the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Okay. Okay, verse 19. So they come to him privately and they're saying, what, what happened, Lord? Why couldn't we cast it out? Now this is this famous place. I know that you know this, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I'm going to tell you what happens next is Jesus... Well, actually, he already did it. I'm sorry. He already cast it out. So here's what I want to tell you. I want you to notice that Jesus did not run off in the middle of this passage and pray and fast. Do you notice that? And yet, what does he say? How do we reconcile this? And yet he says this, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. I want to explain this for you, and then I want to tell you something about mountains. You know how many times the word of God tells us how Jesus goes up, he goes up on the mountain and he comes back down and he goes, he goes up to spend time with his father and he comes back down, up and down, up and down. He's, he's, uh, he never stops that intimate interaction with his father on a continual basis. He didn't need to run off and pray and fast in order to cast out this demon because, um, because he lived a life. It only comes out by prayer and fasting, and prayer and fasting is what he was always doing. Do you see? Now, I'm going to tell you about mountains. What does he say? He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Um, did you know, now I know oftentimes I think the way we think of this passage is that it's more actually what giants are. We think of mountains as like those hindrances, those problems. We got to get these mountains to move. But I want to tell you, by the word of God, mountains, that's giants. 
mountains that are moved with faith just as small as a mustard seed are those high things. They're huge, beautiful philosophies that are contrary to God, that, that teachings, religious things, political, worldly things, anything that sets itself up contrary to God and shuts down your identity as a conqueror. In their culture, they actually talked about, um, they would have known this in this passage. Mountains was a figure of speech in their culture. So rabbis that were considered um, the, the ones that had the most authority or what they taught was, was the bottom line. You know, they, they had that kind of teaching with authority. They, were, they would call them a mountain. Or they would say mountains. Hills were actually a derogatory term. They would say if there was a new teacher or someone that didn't have very much authority, they would say, oh, he's just a hill. As opposed to a high thing that, that is very hard to move, teaching with authority. Did you know that mustard seeds actually move mountains? <laughs> in fact, in, in, um, and, and that's why Jesus would have used it as his example. When you walk around the region where he was teaching, uh, mustard is, is a very hardy weed. It grows everywhere. In fact, they can't even stop it. And if you research about this, if you get like a mustard seed in the foundation of a house, it'll split the house open because it'll, it'll start to grow and that's exactly what it does in the mountains. It'll fall in the cracks of the rocks and it'll literally begin to move the mountain. It'll split it open and cliff sides will begin to fall off. Jesus knew this. He knew that he used this as a metaphor because he means for you to be a mountain mover. And specifically what that's talking about are high things that have been established. It may have been established when, when you were a kid and you spent a lifetime in the bondage of this belief system or this way of thinking that is contrary to the freedom and the grace and the power of God. You've learned things about your identity on the most personal level. The enemy, the kingdom of darkness, even people who loved you but did a terrible job at it. With all the best of intentions, they gave you an identity of, of shame or guilt or powerlessness or foolishness. And it's your identity now. It's your operating identity now. These are mountains they're high things. They're not easy to move unless you have the faith of a mustard seed. See, all we need is for God to reveal what is that mountain that keeps my identity in Christ in bondage, the identity that I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ, that um, the kingdom of darkness has nothing on me. Do you know... Wherever you walk, the kingdom of darkness should be fleeing. Now, believe me, I'm, I'm, that's not a guilt trip I'm putting on you. Um, I just told you I had a warfare kind of week. I struggle with this all the time. But you are the carrier of God himself. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where you walk, the atmosphere is supposed to change. Where darkness could reside before, it should have to flee when we walk in the room. Yeah. 
You know, what's, what is unhealthy should become healthy when we walk in. <laughs> what is powerless should become empowered with the power of God when we're there. What's in bondage, the, the chains should be ripped off just because you showed up. I'm with you. I'm, I'm standing in the same conviction. I'm saying this is where we're going. Who's going? We're taking the battle. <laughs> we're taking the battle in. I'm tired of laying back and, and just, well, we'll just pray through the next time the attack comes along and, and uh, we always get the victory in the Lord. And we'll just pray through it. I'm getting kind of sick of it. <laughs> I think it's time to advance. We're going to take the battle lines. We're going to move mountains. We're going to start asking the Lord, what are our mountains that give us a lack of faith instead of faith? That make us love each other poorly because we don't have a, enough faith not to fear. That's a mountain. No, okay. I'm just going to mention one more thing instead of read it. And actually, if you're a note taker, this week go read Matthew 21, starting about verse 18. You're going to find out this, this is another instance where Jesus is teaching and he talks about um, moving the mountains with this much faith, with teeny tiny faith, is enough to throw mountains into the sea. But what I want to tell you, go read it, but what I want to tell you is that in this context, this time, it's where Jesus commands a fig tree um, to be withered. And he says, you'll never produce fruit again. And the disciples are amazed. And they're like, so what I want you to know, do you know why he commands that tree to be withered? The thing about fig trees are they advertise, you know when they have fruit because when they have the leaves, they, they advertise I have fruit. He went to this tree to get some fruit and there was none on it, right? Have you all heard this before? So in other words, it was advertising, of, it was falsely advertising, which so often is the church, sadly. Okay, but it's not going to be this one anymore, amen? So often it's the church. What it is we advertise, we're the place of the power of God. We're the chosen ones who carry the authority of the kingdom for the release of God's glory, and we're not. <laughs> we don't have that fruit. That's why he's cursing that tree. Okay, but I want to tell you that it's in that context. The enemy, um, the enemy is always trying to, to make our lives fruitless. It's his goal. You know, once you come to Jesus, no, nothing can separate you from the love of God. You're in no danger of being snatched out of God's hand and taken over by the enemy. You're not in that danger. But you are in very great danger of living an absolutely fruitless existence. If we don't remove the, the mountains, learn how to take down the giants and fight a spiritual war in a spiritual way. We're going to start learning to fight our spiritual war in the spiritual ways that God has laid down for us. Say, I'm going to produce fruit. Fruit that lasts. Amen. Okay. Y'all doing okay? <laughs> Good. 
I'm a little worked up. <laughs> the enemy should know better than to make us mad. <laughs> he forgot who holds the authority of God when he does that. Yeah? The next time he starts to pick on you, just remind him, have you forgotten who holds the authority of the throne room of God? Have you forgotten where I'm seated? I'm seated with Jesus on the throne. You're messing around in the wrong... You should go somewhere else if you know what's good for you. <laughs> Tired of it. Okay. We're going to have the Lord's Supper. You know, this is the place... I, you've heard me say this a million times just because I, I love it so much. Because I love Jesus so much. This meal... This Passover meal, after the meal, was the place where he said to his disciples, I bestow on you a kingdom. <laughs> he, he's bestowed on you the whole kingdom and all that is of that kingdom is your inheritance. <laughs> and it begins by eating this body that was broken for you. And drinking the blood that is the blood of a new covenant. Do you remember what the new covenant is? What's new? The new is the kingdom of God is now in you. <laughs> the spirit of God is in you. That's the new covenant. It's not a place out there. It's not an idea or a government. It has a government. But it's not just the government that is separate from you. The new covenant is the Holy Spirit of God in you, you becoming the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is wherever you are. And he bestowed that kingdom at this table. I would just encourage you this morning, um, in fact, you know what? Let's just take another minute. I want to do this. Um, just pray with me. If you're comfortable with it, just relax your spirit. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are always present with us, your beloved, your sons and daughters, your bride. We ask that right now you would make um, your presence very, very tangible, very real, that they would feel the touch of your love right now. And Father, we just want to come wise as serpents right now and recognize that the enemy is always trying to establish mountains that are contrary to you, contrary to your word, contrary to the reality of your kingdom. And I ask you, Lord, that for each one here, we're just going to take a minute and let you speak. Holy Spirit, will you speak to each heart and just reveal one mountain that has set itself up against them being a conqueror filled with your kingdom. Just let the Lord speak to you.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If he did not reveal to you a mountain, um, you're not off the hook because I'm going to be praying for you. So keep your eyes open in the weeks to come. He is going to be removing mountains. Now listen, if he did, if he did name a mountain for you, it's time to move it. Okay? (laughs) Do you believe you have what it takes to move it? I want to tell you that you do because it's just the faith of a mustard seed and you already have that faith. You've already had that step of faith or you would not be sitting here learning about your Jesus. (laughs) You have that faith. And so just just pray with me in the name of Jesus. Just have that mountain. Hold that mountain. In the name of Jesus, we are pushing these mountains out of the way. We're moving them. We are clearing. Like John the Baptist said, we are making the paths straight. Every mountain and every hill is being brought low in the name of Jesus. Crooked places are straightening out. Um, Nothing but faith will win in this body. Enemy, in the name of Jesus, I command you, enemy, you're shut down right now. Faith is going to win, and the will of God is moving forward out of this place. In the name of Jesus.